Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Towel I Talk. This is going to be an offshoot of our website, Don't Forget a Towel, and Towel I Talk is the kind of umbrella to the rest of our podcast network. Altogether, we're going to have four shows. Um, one of them is going to be one with me and my cousin Chris Seaver, Gourmet Scum Radio, where we talk about a lot of movies, comics, uh, big geeks, obviously. Um, Chris, what else? Uh, the other one is The Pursuit of Plastic. Uh, Casey and I are both big toy collectors, so we often go hunting for them. And so we'll be talking about the thrill of that hunt and the hottest collectibles on the market today. And then we have Those Geeks You Know. Um, that's me and uh, my friends Oberon and Dave. A uh, couple of guys, also really big geeks that I've known a long time. Um, and we kind of fight with each other. So that's, uh, I guess, one of the draws of the show. So, you know, all together we'll have these shows. So, Casey, uh, speaking of the CW Network, you've been a big fan of it for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I used to watch The O.C., which was on Fox, and then the creators of that went over to do Gossip Girl. Um, I watched that for many years, and then that kind of morphed into, at the same time, maybe uh, Supernatural came about as well. So Love that show, too. Yeah, like, great shows. Um, I know you didn't watch a Gossip Girl, and maybe not a lot of you listeners have. But it's good. Um, and Katie Cassidy actually came over there uh, to Arrow. Um, Willa Holland did, who's Thea. Um, sorry, Laurel and Thea came over. And um, so you got like that little introduction when you started watching Arrow and, and got more familiar with it. Um, as Arrow started, or at least it got announced, I didn't really know what to expect other than I like uh, Arrow as a character, even though I'm not the biggest DC fan, but at this time, uh, there wasn't every single, you know, uh, comic book TV show every day of the week. Like there is now. Yeah, definitely not. Um, now we have Gotham. We have the flash which spun out of it. We have I zombies coming up. Supergirl. It's just a crazy amount of TV shows based on this. The walking dead. It's just, it's, 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 the most popular genre out there and people are really trying to capitalize on that. But I think that the CW is really doing the best job at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll go in and talk a little bit more about the history and everything like that of these shows and, and where we're at. I mean, right now we're on the uh, third season of arrow and the first of the flash, but there would be no flash without arrow and it's because of its success. Um, I know that you watched uh, smallville. I and did. That was so that was on the WB, which then became CW. So maybe you even have a deeper background than I do. I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Smallville until they really went more into the superhero, um, metahuman element uh, when they started to kind of bring in their own Justice League. When they did with Green Arrow, and they had um, Kid Flash, and our I forgot Impulse. I think they call him on there, of course, um, and. And more. Um, so that really w- was what kind of caught me as a comic book fan was they they started to show these superpowers on TV instead of just this melodramatic teen story of Clark Kent growing up, which you know 
that's one of the big complaints about Arrow and the Flash that people say it's a little too soapy. Right. I I tend to disagree on that sometimes. I know that there's relationships and there's like, you know, I love yous and stuff like that. I mean, you get that in life. I think those are just basic life things and it kind of actually helps you relate to the characters. So I don't mind that level of soapiness in these shows because Arrow is action packed. Um, it it's hasn't disappointed me in three seasons. Right. Um, the Flash, even though it has that a little bit, that show is an amazing science fiction venture that we haven't really seen on TV. Um, well, we have the '90s Flash, though. <laughs> we do. Uh, funny thing about that: um, the main star of that, John Wesley Ship, uh, played the Flash, and he also plays Barry's father in the new Flash series. So that's a neat little. Uh, um, comparison. Um, also mentioning Mark Hamill will be making a uh, guest appearance in an upcoming episode. He played the trickster in the original episode, our original series. Um, he also plays a trickster in this, but he's retired and the mantle is handed down to a new trickster. So Which is awesome. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to see that. But let's, uh, let's delve kind of into um, the first couple seasons of Arrow Can and kind of how yeah. that uh, evolved. Well, I was actually going to say, why do we think that Green Arrow even is the re- like the first show? Like Superman makes sense to me. It's the biggest. I mean, it's the it's the biggest superhero of all time. Everyone on the planet knows who Superman is. Nobody knows who Green Arrow. Is. I mean, now he's getting bigger, obviously. Right. But before at that time, 2012, why is Arrow getting a show above? A Batman television show. Um, I won't say Constantine, uh, but like, yeah, I guess just other some of the like even Flash. Like as far as like the big DC characters, like why is it that we have Arrow who's not even on the Justice League? Yeah, that's that's a really that's actually a really good question. I mean, you look at Smallville it did wonderful. I mean, it's nine seasons of nine. That was ten, 10 seasons. Yeah, ten seasons I think, um, and that's that's a hit show. You take. Um, Wonder Woman, which they tried to, you know, the old Linda Carter series was popular. Yeah, that's true. They tried to do it um, with, uh, what's uh, Adrian Padalecki, what's her, the girl who plays Mockingbird on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Adrian Palicki. Palicki, yes. Yeah. That show failed before even the pilot was released because they were just like, we can't do this. Right. So, what made this obscure, more B-list hero work um i you know the whole idea behind the vigilante uh superhero is very popular um people i mean batman is is one of the number one superheroes in the world i mean he's the number two superhero no sorry he's the number three superhero as you will hear on those geeks you know or i argue the point with oberon that spider-man is more popular than batman (laughs) spider-man is more popular than batman um Merchandising-wise, <laughs> but Superman is the number one iconic superhero in the world. Oh, yeah. Smallville can last 10 seasons. You can wear a Superman t-shirt to any country in this world, and people know what Superman is. Yes. They know what, you know, I, I digress, but Green Arrow, I always look at as kind of a, very similar to Batman. Um, people also like the idea of the Robin Hood theme um yeah you know i i just think he's a very accessible hero because he's not a superhuman right you know um he goes out he fights crime it's very street level it's gritty 
Um, and that, and I don't want to say he's a poor man's Batman because you know Oliver Queen is obviously a billionaire, um, but he he's very accessible to to fans of Batman because they could relate to that same kind of hero. But he doesn't have, like you say, he doesn't have powers. He has the money. He doesn't have the training. He doesn't have the smarts that Batman has. I mean, Matt, Batman is master of every type of martial arts. He's a ninja. He's the world's greatest detective. You know, Oliver Queen, in those respects, is kind of like an everyman. You know what I mean? And I know, at least in his origins, he kind of did like a, what is it, prince and pauper type of thing? Like, he was really poor, lost all of his money, um, living on the streets. And then they remade that origin a little bit with uh, the Diggle, which you can tell us about. Yeah, the Andy the Andy Diggle concept is kind of um, is is basically emulated in the show um, with the island and him going there and becoming this going from rich playboy to weathered warrior almost. Let's talk. Um, what's the name of it? Just so our, the fans know. Uh, it's called Green Arrow Year One. Okay, it's written cool. by Andy Diggle. It's Sorry, a, it's a very cool series. Listeners know. You may or may not. You probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, I mean, if you think back, there's um, there are Green Arrow stories, but not ones that really pop into my mind or, you know. Quiver from Kevin Smith. Quiver, yes. Um, and that uh, kind of touches on an origin as well, a little bit. And that's the thing with comic books is everybody knows there's so many different origins. I mean, when Jeff Lemire went back in the New 52 and wrote that whole, what was that, the... Um, what was that called? It was like the, with all the different factions, like the Arrow Clan and the, the Shield Clan and the Komodo Clan. That, yeah, that was such a, that was a neat um, revisiting the origin as well. So, I mean, it's tough for like purists to like sit there and say, this is how things should be. It's the same thing when you get mad when people say, well, you know, Stephen Amell is not Oliver Queen. He doesn't look like <laughs> Oliver Queen. He doesn't have that Robin Hood, you know, Cervantes mustache, and he's not blonde. Not yet. And, and <laughs> right. And, um, but he lives in Starling City. What the hell is Starling City? But now, of course, they're going to change that because Ray Palmer says, let's call it Star City. To Right. <laughs> so yeah. they're they're really adapting the show to and it's not some of the green arrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean we started off as the hood. Yeah. Then he went to the arrow and he will probably eventually be green arrow. Yeah. I'm sure. Yes. So I know you touched upon like the grittiness, the relatability to a character, and then also about vigilante themes. Like what are we thinking like Christopher Nolan did that very apparent and almost to a fault, in my opinion, but we're not going to save it for this podcast. Uh, we'll do it for another one. But that that realistic take on such an iconic you know, character, do we think is that kind of what paved the way for this show to be be made, that, that Dark Knight trilogy? I, I definitely think so. I, I mean, that was what they went into the show stating. They said... We want to make this a realistic superhero. We want to put him into real-world situations. We want his villains to be, um, you know, more realistic. So I'm just going to keep saying the word real because we're just going to reinforce that, really. Um, But (laughs) 
I mean, you know, once we get around to it, as we'll discuss later, things start to evolve. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, and like you said, we'll talk about that some other time. But you know that that idea was totally thrown out the window when Marvel decided to turn around and just say, "Hey, we're going to have fun with our comic books." So we start to see that now with the Flash, and I think the Flash is starting to open up new new possibilities for Arrow is. Though we do still see that night and day contrast of the Arrow is the darker hero and the Flash yeah. is the lighter hero. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So let's let's start off at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um the beginnings of Arrow, uh, because obviously that came first. So just as a timeline as you know, um the Dark Knight Rises came out in the summer of 2012. Arrow premiered in the fall of 2012. So I think that gave it a little bit of momentum. The fact that Stephen Amell is a pretty good-looking guy and they had him shirtless throughout the entire first season. That was a major selling point. I mean, that was a major selling I'm point. I'm flipping through my DC Comics and it's like, oh, hey, it's Stephen Amell but with his shirt off. And that's actually kind of weird to me and I've had discussions with people like... Do I want to see a girl half naked when I read a comic? No, I don't. I don't care. It doesn't... I mean, even the ads in general, I'm not really paying attention to because I just want to get to the next page of my comic. But, like, to put this shirtless guy in the middle of a comic, I mean... That's a conscious it's effort just, from DC and Warner Brothers. It's distracting. Yeah. Well, it's distracting and it's, <laughs> it's, like, and, it, hey, and it's saying, what is this? <laughs> come watch this show right. if you are a female reader right. or, you know, whatever. I, I just, like, I like those six packs, so maybe I, I would be interested, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, that was a, that was a different way um, to do it, but just, like, I think the reason why it got so fiercely popular out, outside of that fact is just that... You know, you're on this this station that's known for its like more soap opery things, with the exception of like a uh, supernatural. Really, um, the rest of the stuff, Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, all that kind of stuff's more more soap opery. And um, you know, it, like Chris said, it has those elements in it, but the level of action I totally outweighs it. Totally outweighs <laughs> it, and I don't even think. I mean, it's only been getting crazier throughout the rest of the season, but I haven't seen that kind of action in television. Like, it's it's movie-level action. And I think that is like, okay, we can do some of the stuff that Hollywood's doing, and we can do a lot of stuff that comic books are doing, too. Yeah, and it's it's the excitement that it generates. Um, as, as me, as, as a viewer, when I get to the end of the episode, I'm so pumped up. I'm just so ready for that next episode. And that... And I found that Arrow would do that for me every, almost every episode. You know, it was one of those shows that I was really, really happy to be watching and just like, wow, this is this is exactly what I want to see in a superhero TV show. Exactly. And I, and we, so just as a side thing, we refer to, you know, the the readers and the guys who, you know, you guys, gals, everybody who comes to the site is the towel lights. Um, as we continue to, to grow the network with our different shows and this being our first show, make sure to comment, you know, talk to us, let us know what your thoughts are on Arrow and The Flash and everything like that. And and um, just so that, you know, if we refer to you as a towel light, it's admiration, it's love. We're happy that anyone who's even listening to this right now. So um, 
you're a Towelite nation. Yes. <laughs> just to let you know. Just so just so you know. Um, just to, also, I do want to mention that uh, Casey and I, um, Casey had me on a, as a guest uh, guest star on Gourmet Scum Radio. We did yeah. talk about um, the top, uh, not the top, but the uh, comic book TV shows of last year and how they were coming out. So, you know, hit that up. Hit, hit up Gourmet Scum and listen to that episode. Download the rest of them. They're all awesome. And uh, so let's talk about another thing that's going on about Arrow that, that works so well is, uh, as they refer to it even themselves, Team Arrow. Mm. The, the people on this show, and now three years in, um, you know, we go back and forth about, is Flash the best show on television, and, and arguably with, with comic book television, or is Arrow? And I know a lot of people are going to talk about The Walking Dead, but I'm sorry, in our heads, it's either Flash or Arrow. And the reason I go back and forth is, Flash is a lot of fun, but the, I'm I'm invested in the characters in Arrow now, three years in that I care about them and their lives and Diggle's baby and all this shit, even though, though nobody's watching it. Argus is watching. <laughs> Argus is always watching. Um, but you just mentioned the walking dead. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really that worried about those characters getting killed off. Every well, week. you mean you're not as invested in those characters because they're going to get killed I off. I can't invest in those characters. Yeah. But I, I don't even talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But team Errol, I mean, this is a thing. I mean, starting off team Errol was really, it was, when Al, when Oliver came back to Starling City, he he serv- he came back. There's flashbacks that go to the island. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But he comes back, and he's assigned a bodyguard. And this character is John Diggle, who's played by David Ramsey. And John Diggle was um, is a playoff of is a playoff of Andy Diggle. A uh, little tribute there, and you'll see other small ones. Uh, throughout the show as well, when you watch it, there's like a street sign that I forget who it mentions, but it <clears throat> that's one too. But John Diggle is an original character created for this show. Yeah. He was brought in to the DC Universe in the um, Jeff Lemire comic. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is really cool because that shows DC's um, enthusiasm to kind of blend the worlds together in a way. Well, I think that DC recognizes that Marvel has a really good thing with having a shared universe. One difference between DC and, well, one of the differences between Marvel and DC is that since Warner Brothers owns all of DC entertainment, uh, they already get to have a shared universe so that they can do things like that. You know, they don't have to worry about Fantastic Four being owned by Fox and how we can't use them in the movies and blah, blah, blah. Um, but on the on the other side of that, and we'll get to it, um, or maybe we can talk about it now, is that Arrow and Flash can't say the word Batman. They can't say Superman. They can't say Metropolis or Gotham. I don't know why, honestly. But, but what's weird is they can they can mention Bloodhaven. Um, Bloodhaven is this, you know, uh, most of you probably know that's where Nightwing resides. Is you know? Did they mention Blackgate Prison? Have they, they? They. I thought they, they did. I, I could be wrong. I thought that was only mentioned in Gotham. Okay, I could they, be wrong. Iron Heights is in in, in the Flash. Yes, um, and the one in the one in the Arrow. I I can't remember what that one's called. I don't know. So. It is a recognizable name. Um, but this shared universe thing, we, I know, before they announced the big DC slate, we were like, even Stephen Amell was campaigning, I want to be Green Arrow in the Justice League, da-da-da. And everybody's like, why Why wouldn't DC take advantage of 
um, taking these TV characters that everybody loves and put them on the big screen. It's like, um, and now after announcing this, people are kind of disappointed. Um, and who was cast of Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller, um, who's a fantastic actor. Yes. If you get a chance to watch him in, um, we need to talk about Kevin or Perks of Being a Wallflower, especially. He is a fantastic actor, but but you know, and I have no doubt that DC made the right choice to have him play the Flash, whether it's Wally West or Bart Allen or whoever they're going to make their Flash in these movies, even if it is Barry Allen. Um, but I mean, you're gonna you're gonna grow this character in Grant Gustin, or even in Stephen Amell. But then you're going to replace them with somebody else in the movies. I mean, I know that DC works on this whole multiverse thing and the comics work in this whole alternate universe. And you can have all these different characters representing the one idea of that superhero. But in a world where Marvel shares their universe, wouldn't that make sense to, like, really do that? So, yes, it would. And I agree with that. But... As you mentioned to me before, and what you just said, if it's Wally West, and Barry Allen exists, but Wally West exists in a different time, then it doesn't necessarily mean that Grant Gustin isn't the, right. the Barry Allen. So the the funny thing is, is like they could have this card up their sleeve. I mean, yes. we could be talking golden age superheroes here with these shows because Green Arrow is a very old character. Batman's an old character. In the New 52, Superman's a relatively newer character. Yeah. And as they've mentioned in Arrow, there are no aliens. There's never been a mention. Like, there's no alien contact. So Superman definitely does not exist. There's no Martian Manhunter. There's no... There's no Martian Manhunter in the Justice League. So what are you talking about? <laughs> but Martian Manhunter existed in the Smallville. You know, right. he's a he's a he's a big character. And I know that, you know, those DC movies are going to take on the New 52, but... Whatever they do is their own thing. I guess I'm just one yeah, or wishing that yeah, we, we would see those two guys, Grant Gustin and Stephen Mel, in the in the big screen. And if we don't, and that's okay. Um I, I put it out there to to Reddit and I asked, you know, why won't they have a shared universe and it's kinda of disappointing and and one of the responses I got back, which I really liked, was well, right now we know we have two shows that work. If these movies fail, we don't want them screwing up the TV shows that we got. Right, and I and I didn't think about it like that. And honestly, that's a it's a very smart thing mm-hmm. to say because what we have right now it is working, you know, and um, it definitely is. I mean, they're already talking about spinoffs of this. We have a we have a Vixen animated series that's coming out that's going to be set in that same universe. We have word of another spinoff live action who may or may uh, the show may or may not feature um Bren Routh's the Adam which will be introduced more and more this season um he's gonna I'm sure most of you have seen his costume uh we put it on our Instagram so check that out at D-F-A-T-O-W-E-L um <laughs> or they're also talking about maybe having what is the name of that spinoff which one the Brandon Roth one. It could be. There's no name. Oh, there's no it name. could be the Adam. Well, we also know that there's supposed to be a Teen Titan show. Which I want. Ma- I want to mention that in a second, but I want to kind of just Supergirl. Supergirl. I want to talk about yeah. both those in a second because there's no guarantee that those could be affiliate. Like they've already said that Supergirl's can't is not going to be, even though it's they created did? by. Yeah, because it's on a different network. 
I don't know, Andrew Kreisberg or Mark Ingram, one no, of those Greg guys. Berlanti. Greg Berlanti. Yeah, one of those guys came out and said Supergirl was not going to exist in this universe. But people have been speculating that Titans could because TNT is a WB It's owned by Time Warner. It's owned by Time Warner. So um, if any of you don't know, they're right now they're in the production phase of making Titans, which is basically Teen Titans, but more adult with Nightwing, um, Hawk and Dove, um, Oracle, Raven, and Starfire. Um, so you have a, actually a very female-heavy team, which is a really cool concept, I think. No, I think it would be great. I just think it would be better if we had more shared universes within DC. And I guess I'm just going to go back to and, and kind of keep it back to Arrow and Flash. Um, I don't like that they can't say... <laughs> Metropolis, and and they don't say anything like that because to me it just seems like okay maybe you won't show these characters like Batman and Superman and stuff like that but I feel like we should see a Jimmy even you know what I mean something little they said Jimmy's going to appear on the Supergirl show okay whatever <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter yeah um the but sticking to the CW universe we said the Atom but there's also talks of Firestorm <laughs> could get his own show and I don't also think I there's care room- about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that he could just bounce between the two shows and that would be fine. Yeah. Um, there's all, there's also talks of the Suicide Squad show, but that was before the they announced the movie. Yeah. Um, which is probably one of my most anticipated, uh, DC movies that is coming out within the next couple of years. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's going to be interesting. I mean, even after watching that DC animated movie, that's an amazing heist movie. It's <laughs> Oh, it's fun. Check out Batman Assault on Arkham if you haven't already. It is only has Batman in the title to carry it. But yeah. It is a Suicide Squad movie, so if you're excited about it and you haven't watched it, check that out. And, and uh, watch Arrow because they feature Suicide Squad a lot and that team is coming back this season again. Exactly. Uh, if you want to listen to other podcasts about it, uh, Epic Comic Cast does a really good breakdown of um, the assault on Arkham. So let's reel it back to let's reel it back into what to we're Team about. Arrow because yeah. I think we didn't even mention who's even on it. No, oh, no, we, we started Diggle. talking about John Diggle, and yeah. um, John Diggle is a great character. Um, they actually bring him into the whole Suicide Squad concept on the show um, with. An amazing uh, Amanda Waller, who is just evil, and yeah, no, I was just gonna say, um, you know, go on because yeah. I, I have something I want I wanted to talk about and I didn't get to. Go so on. John Diggle is like kind of yeah, he's he's Ollie's best friend. He's his he's like his mentor almost. I don't say mentor, but he's like his guiding voice. They, they train together. They do. They just you know he really is like his right hand man. Well, um, he was. He was. This season where he's now Felicity's right-hand man, and it's super annoying that he has to sit in the background. Oliver doing, put him in the background. Oh, okay, so you're a dad, and you can't do anything, <laughs> but you can run around with a gun like you did before. You know what I mean? At least drive the the truck like you did the or aero something. Truck, aeromobile? Yeah, it's like, I, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm really annoyed that Diggle isn't getting used because I like his character a lot. And I'm, that's why I'm excited about this upcoming, um, you know, Suicide Squad episode because this season, he's just not getting used. And as, as an actor, like, I feel bad for him. I do too. I think he's really taking a backseat to Colton Haynes' uh, arsenal. Which I, that kid is just, I don't, it's not like I don't like him. 
I, I do like him, but he looks like an Abercrombie model. He, he's not a good actor. There's no emotional not. range from this guy. He he's very he's very stone faced. Um, I like the character of Arsenal or Speedy or Red Arrow, whatever you want to call him. But that's what they did in the show. Was called him Arsenal. Um, it was inevitable. From the beginning, when when Roy Harper was introduced, shows up in a red friggin' hoodie and doesn't stop wearing it. And that's the funny thing when um, Paul Blackthorne he makes that comment. He's like, "What? You don't think I can tell the difference between you when you wear a red hoodie in that suit?" Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's a, what I like about that show. It, it is dark, but there's a lot of tongue in cheek too. There's a lot of it. And yeah. speaking of tongue in cheek, one of the best characters on that show is Felicity. And I mean, I mean Emily Bet Rickards. She is beautiful. I. And people will say, I've heard statements like, is this how this chick really acts? Like, she's terrible. This is how she acts in all the shows. And I'm just, and I sat back and I said, wait a minute. This was this comment was made after she guest starred on The Flash, which is a comical show. So she could really let loose. But she's like, she is that comedy relief almost in Arrow. I mean, she's funny. She's funny. She's quirky. I mean, for, for Arrow... She's the funniest woman on the show. She really does belong I mean, in because the city. <laughs> like that that show is just not you know, I guess her and and Paul Blackthorne are, are the co- comedy of it. But, he wasn't um, at first. But. He wasn't at, <laughs> No, he would make little little asinine comments which are funny, but I she still gets extremely emotional. Like yeah. the Seavage, Chris Seaver and, and Gourmet Scum Radio, my cousin, he hates her because he thinks she's <laughs> Uh, not that good of an actress and that she keeps whining and is not good enough for Oliver. And as long as I'm talking about it, we might as well talk about that relationship because... But how is she not good enough for Oliver? She's... Is Oliver not good enough for her? Oliver's... You know, he's got a checkered past and he likes the ladies Mm -hmm. and, you know, I... He's got a... (laughs) He's been around the block. He has. And... Obviously, with... All, all the female characters in the show, basically. Well, not Speedy. Not Rizmo. Speedy. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. That aren't related to saying. him. Thanks for the uh, confirmation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, their relationship is kind of, it is weird. And it, it, they don't need to be together. That's the point. They don't. And they don't need to really push it either. No, As much they as they don't. are. And she doesn't have to get mad at him. And, like, he comes back from the dead, basically, and then she walks out on him because she's, like, mad about... So emotional about him being back, she can't restrain herself and think about, like, why he would want to work with Malcolm Merlin. But then she ha- somehow convinces everybody that it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I just don't think that, um... You know, I, I don't know. So, but I do like her a lot. I like her more with glasses on than off. I don't know why. It's weird. But uh, she's a funny character. She's a great addition to the team. She's in, she's the invaluable addition to that team. Uh, unlike... Oh, wait. No, wait. But I do want to mention, with the addition of Brandon Routh, the dynamic between those two... That's good. I really like Oh, I'm like fine that. with that. I really like that. Yeah, I those think, two are fine. Those two should be together. They're and I, smart and caring. That's fine. And I think I see that kind of as the future. Well, of I hope so, happen. because Oliver's kind of a lone wolf. Um, and in the comics, he ends up with Black Canary and then... And not with Black Canary, but we'll we'll talk about the whole Black Canary. No, I do want to talk about Black Canary because that's what I was going to say. Oh, we're going into that now. I don't want is a a member of Team Arrow. (sighs) 
I like okay, Black Canary was Sarah. Let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about the history of Black Canary here. Go and, ahead. Um, when when the concept of Black Canary was introduced in the show, they brought in Sarah Lance, who is Laurel's sister. Now, is that in a made up co- character, who Sarah Lance? Yeah, I have. I think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of her in my life, but I think I'm pretty sure she's a made up character. Um, Laurel Lance. That name Laurel, I don't. I don't remember that from the comics at all. Well, it's they, Laurel Dinah Lance. It's Dinah Laurel Lance. Now, this this season was the was... first season that they actually mentioned her actual first name was Dinah after okay. her mother. Right. So because her mother was Dinah, and in the comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Black, her name was Dinah Lance. In the comics, Black Canary's mother was the original Black Canary. So, but that doesn't happen in this show. Um, but this season was the first, like a couple weeks ago, was the first time they mentioned that. I was like, what? But let's go back to the beginning. Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance was Oliver's girlfriend, who he went on the boat with. Um, oh, so a side trick. This is a side know. trick because he was cheating on Laurel, who was his girlfriend, with yeah. her sister. This is the soapiness that I guess people don't like, but whatever it happened. So Oliver ends up on this island because the ship sinks in a storm. Sarah's presumed dead. Blah, blah, blah. And then Sarah comes back after these after a couple seasons and ends up being the black canary being trained by the league of assassins. And you get that whole, that whole backstory in season two. Right. Um, so she is the black canary. She's badass. you know, no matter what you think of her acting, um, she, she, I'm, I have no problem with her. She was a good black canary. She had the device that could explain the canary scream. Yeah. You know, that was the realistic. That was smart. That was smart. Yeah, the that realistic, was the realistic you know. thing, yeah. Um, but then, you know, spoiler alert, she You've gets, already spoiled stuff. She gets killed, you know? I mean, um, and then Laurel is so distraught over this. She 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 decides that she wants to do something about it. She starts training with Ted Grant, who is Wildcat, and this is this is actually from the comics because in the comics Ted Grant Wildcat trains Black Canary. He's the original trainer. If you yeah, that's that's fact fact. Um, but the problem with this show is that this happens over like a three month period, right? And she's out there fighting crime, right? She's not fighting crime good, though. Yeah, she... I mean, she got her ass handed to her a couple times. She does. She does recover extremely fast. Like, she goes from black eye to, like, slightly pink, like, the next day. But, um, I guess, like, my whole thing is that we knew from the beginning that Laurel was going to become Black Canary because in her name, like, I knew, like, okay, this is Black Canary. This is who this girl's going to become. When they introduced Sarah on the show, that was like, a twist. yeah, that was where I was like, "What? I right. thought this was going to be Laurel." But um, and then when she wasn't, I was like, "Awesome!" Because I could not see this girl being <laughs> Laurel Lance or uh, yeah, Black Canary. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I just maybe she'll need to grow on me. I feel like I'm in like Oliver's state of mind, where I'm like, "Why are you around?" You're just going to get killed. Stop getting in my way. Like, that's what I feel like right now with Black Canary. I just am not, like, I'm not convinced of her training. Um, And, you know, it's like, I think a a problem with 
lately with superhero movies, with masked superhero movies, they don't want to keep their secret identities secret. All these people know who they are. And it's getting like, just, can you stop telling people like who you are? Like I remember in Amazing Spider-Man 2, the dude was taking off his mask every five seconds. And I'm just like, you're Spider-Man. This, there's a reason why you wear this mask. You're one of the only fully masked superheroes in in all of Marvel. It's the so idea. Keep it on. It's a it's it's the idea of not just protecting yourself, but the ones you love. Yes, you know. So I mean, and that's that's actually we can talk about the villains in a little bit because that that has a lot to do with it. Um, but why 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 do you think the showrunners would feel compelled to? Take a character like Black Canary, who is supposed to be this martial arts master and a League of Assassin trained master, <laughs> you know, from you know, and just and just flip it like that because they knew where inevitability was going to lead them. It was in the name of the character from the very beginning, and I think I I would I would bet ninety percent that they already knew that that's where that character's arc was going. That now, Katie Cassidy signed on to be that yes, character. Yes. I just think that they could have handled it better as far as the transition goes. Um, and, you know, they just started, like, I guess I feel like if they started laying down some groundwork in season two where maybe that's when she started doing some boxing, you know, just for some reason for cardio to get away, like, from kicking her drug habit or something. Right, yeah, that would be Like, then, then I would have been like, okay, this girl's been, you know, trained for a while. And maybe, like, Sarah took her out, like, one day. Like, then I would be like, okay, this girl's got some, some stuff. She's learning it. But just the way that they handled it with, like like you said, like a three-month period or something, just doing boxing only. Like, no, you're going to get your ass handed to you. But And she does. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, which is actually, you know, in that whole that street fight they just had when Vinnie Jones was yeah. running the city. And, like, he beats the crap out of Wildcat. Vinnie Jones beats the crap out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, he was I mean, the juggernaut. Bitch. <laughs> and, um, yeah. he, I mean, it's so funny to, like, just watch that, watch everybody, like, struggle when the arrow wasn't there. <laughs> it's like, these are your superheroes. And and going back to that whole, like, Felicity thing where she was frustrated, I was frustrated at the fact that, like, he comes back and they all, like, treat him like shit. <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again! Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. 
Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. So I gotta kind of stop you a little bit right here. So I have to tell you, Towelites, that um, we're probably not gonna get to the Flash in this conversation. <laughs> As we've been going on and rambling and, and getting into the the Arrow stuff, we had a lot of Flash stuff as well. But we wanted to continue with with the Arrow, and I don't think we're gonna make it. So so we'll, look forward to uh, you know the Flash in episode two of. Towelite talk. Yeah, or if we do three, God knows. I don't know how long it's going to take. We've, we've gotten impassioned about arrows, so but we well, should have realized this from the beginning, I guess. I, yeah, I, I, we, so we wrote down a lot of talking points, um, which we kind of just thought we would go through. But we love these shows, and yeah. uh, you know, since Arrow's been for three years, we have more material. So, well, let's just go on. So we talked about uh, Black Canary and how we're not super happy about it. Like, what do you want to talk about next? I think that we should move on to one of the the main mechanics of the show, um, the flashbacks. Okay. Um, something that really carries um, the story and helps kind of explain how how he became the Arrow and yeah. how he got his training and and really how it started to introduce these different characters into the show. That, A lot of people hate those flashbacks. I, I don't really understand why people hate flashbacks. My wife is one of those people that don't really, that doesn't really get into that. She finds it annoying, but you know, it's. I think it's important to really tell you know these. It's almost like an origin story on top of what's going on now. It is literally that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. I I love it. I I like the island. I think because of being a Lost fan, honestly, yeah, yeah I was going to say, I, 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 every time he goes there, I'm like, we're going back to the island, and um, and now he is going back to the island again. Where's the hatch? Oh wait, is Deathstroke in that hatch? Yeah. So um, I'm I like these episodes that that go back there, and then uh, I'm not entirely sold on the uh, where they all where were they Thailand? Or uh, they were in Beijing. Yeah, that shit didn't care about. You know what though? I it it was meant to carry on the story of how Ali was resurrected, though he didn't really die after falling hundreds of feet off a cliff. Um, it had to kind of bring in Amanda Waller. It brought in you know Tatsu, and it brought in uh, what's his name there, um, Maceo. Um, so it, it explained that and the whole backstory with that and Maceo's relationship with the League of Assassins and the favors they did and how that friendship um, kind of grew. And now they're headed to Starling City. So it's not all just set in Beijing. It's I we were so used to the island for two seasons. Right. And I, let's let's talk about that a little bit because he gets on he he the ship sinks. Sarah's gone. She's dead. He and his dad are on this raft with this other guy <laughs> and and his father kills the other guy to help his son survive 
and then he kills himself, sacrifices right. himself so that his son can survive and be his legacy, and Oliver gets this island. And Oliver also has this list, which he oh yes swiftly stops caring about <laughs> after. Uh, <laughs> About three quarters of the way through the first season. The Um, the journal that is... Yeah, that his dad (laughs) writes these people who have failed Starling City uh, like we did with talking about The Flash today. And um, (laughs) he just forgets about it. But I digress. Being on Hey, maybe he completed that list. Yeah, I guess. In the (laughs) off-season. In the the off-season, he did it. But in the side... Or, sorry, in in the flashbacks of the island... That introduces us to one of the main villains, not only in DC, but especially on the show, which is Deathstroke, played by Manu Bennett, um, who does, I mean, especially in the second season, a freaking fantastic job. And um, just so I can go off again on a side side note, uh, I'm a huge Spartacus fan. Uh, I watched the Stephen S. DeKnight show for... Um, was four seasons or three and a half seasons, however you want to call it. Now he's going on to direct the Daredevil show for Marvel and Netflix. But you see a lot of characters uh, or actors from Spartacus show up. So Amanda Waller, um, she was actually uh, the second Navia um, in Spartacus with Manu Bennett, Cynthia Adai Robin, uh, Robinson. I did not know that. Um, yep. So they're together on the show, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Nissa Al Ghul is also from Spartacus. She's with Spartacus through the entire series. Uh, well, these seasons, the first season, the technical third season and fourth season, she's with Spartacus. Um, and then the guy who's Captain Boomerang, um, he is on the show. And, I mean, he only has shown up, I think, twice now. Once on Flash, once on Arrow. He did that crossover. He was in yeah, that crossover Yeah, he did that crossover episode. episode so he's oh, from he'll there. be back. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the Flash episode. Yeah, he'll definitely be back. Um, I feel like there's other characters who are on Spartacus. Oh, actually, Spartacus is going to be on there. No. Yeah, not, not well, obviously not Andy Whitfield. Uh, rest in peace. I freaking love the shit out of that guy. He was an amazing actor. But the but, guy who took over. Yeah, Liam McIntyre is going to be showing up on Arrow. I saw that. Um, Who's he going to play? Or no, sorry. He's not going to be on Arrow. He's going to be on The Flash oh, okay. as uh, Weather Wizard. Oh, he's going to take... Okay, so... Yep. Um, Okay, cool. We we'll we'll talk about the weather. No, we'll wizard, talk about that's that. On, a, that's on a the funny Flash episode. That's a funny situation in its own. Um, I, honestly, there's probably other people from Spartacus. I just can't remember right so now. But it's all just these weird. guys. Yeah. All these guys know each other and they get each other jobs. Is is it like they're all on their LinkedIn? You want to be on? Uh, you would think so because it's like <laughs> Manu Bennett's there, and then I mean Amanda Waller is all up. throughout this season. Right, I mean, she's a huge part of it, and she, she shows up last season. Too. Yeah. And this has been in numerous episodes at this point. Um, and then, you know, with the Flash and, you know, maybe Weather Wizard will show up on the both of them, but, um, and, and Captain Boomerang will. So right. it's just, it's crazy. Uh, but go on about, about the island. All Sorry. Right. So he gets to the island and he's like this green, greenhorn. He doesn't really know how to survive. He runs into this situation with these, 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 basically these terrorists, I would say, these mercenaries who are on the island and, that whole plot develops later, and you find out more hints from that. But he, 
he runs into this, this gentleman called Yao Fei, who ends up kind of like progressing, progress, like he saves him. And then like, he ends up having a daughter shadow who's a big character in the, uh, in the comic books as well. Um, and that, that's a big plot point between Oliver and Slade. Um, but actually the first Deathstroke we see, who we think is Deathstroke, right. is not Deathstroke. It's right. a, um, it's an assassin of some sort. Um, so yeah. it's kind of like a, um, red herring in a way I would say. Um, so that develops and, um, eventually they meet Slade Wilson, as we say, and they stop, um, fires was the, was the guy's name and they, they, they stop them from shooting down a plane or whatever happened. So as, as the whole Island thing goes on, we come across something called Mirakuru in right. season two, which is a big plot device. Yeah. I was, um, way more impressed with the introduction of Mirakuru because it started taking, the show in a different direction. Um, we've been used to seeing a very realistic show and a gritty show and whatever. Mirakuru got to mess around with a little bit more of the comic book elements and make it a little bit more fantastical. Yes, it gave these people super strength and, and you know speed and agility and everything like that. And of course, Oliver was able to keep up. But what I really, really loved about that was that. Um, you know, like it still made them more powerful, and also one of the characters was uh, Solomon Gundy, right? Who got yes. injected with that stuff by uh, Brother Blood, who was on True Blood. Um, Kevin Michael Alejandro, um, he was uh, with uh, Lafayette as his boyfriend for a while. Mm-hmm. I think you know these little, <laughs> these little cool cameos by these characters are, you know, serious. Serious Gold was. Solomon Grundy, so they yeah, yeah, they were kind sorry. of hinting at more. Um, maybe Solomon Grundy will show up down. No, you're not wrong because Solomon Grundy could totally show up down down the line. Well, he never you know? died, and he still had the stuff injected exactly. in him. But the biggest thing about the Mirakuru um, was that it made Slade Wilson into Deathstroke. Right. Um, it made him go crazy. As I mentioned before, Shadow was. Uh, like basically like Oliver's girlfriend on the island. Like they started to have this relationship. He's the ladies' man, but Manu Bennett also had an interest in her as well. So when she was killed, he had um, Slade Wilson had a lot of resentment towards Oliver, and the Mirakuru drove him crazy. Eventually, driving him into this villain um, Deathstroke, and then he it shows up in the current time and is fully armored and awesome and he unleashes this Mirakuru army on Starling City, teams up with Brother Blood and you know Ravager. Oh my gosh. Summer Glau shows up. Yep. From Firefly for some reason. Sarah Connor Chronicles. (laughs) Um she dresses up in 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 Ravager uniform and they just have a big old brawl and it's action packed. Yeah. Um, She disappeared, right? Nothing she, happened. She didn't die. Diggle killed her. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Diggle kills her. Uh, so, whatever. Um, it's good. I mean, the the introduction of villains is pretty amazing in the show. And leading up through season two um, was nonstop. Right. And, well, let's talk about two, I would say, other main villains and recurring characters. And I'll go B to A. B would be um, 
the uh, Count, Count Vertigo, because he shows up as two different actors Yes, um, uh, so, multiple times now. So Seth Gable plays him first, and uh, you may know him from Fringe. He was one of my favorite characters on Fringe. He's Wasn't like, he also on Heroes? I don't Wasn't he Adam on Heroes? I'll look it up. No, Adam, Adam, was, well, Adam was that guy from Lost. Okay. Um, and then the um, other person who was on it was um, Peter Stormare, who's from Bad Boys 2. He's Minority one of Report. the villains in that. Uh, Fargo. Yes, Fargo. Yeah. Um, so Stormare, what they wanted to do Lebowski, was... Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Peter Stormare. They, they, they started off Count Vertigo. Not, he wasn't the Count. He was Vertigo as mm-hmm. kind of like this drug-producing... Hipster, hipster, trash, crap. He was kind of a ripoff of Heath Ledger Joker. He was very eccentric. He was like yeah. loud. I, I didn't care for him. He was all right, but like Count Vertigo is like one of the most, maybe the only really recognizable Green Arrow villains. Like his main opponent, you know. So you can't say Deathstroke. Deathstroke is Teen Titans. So it's 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 weird like that. So they changed. They killed off Seth Gable. Um, Oliver decided he wasn't going to kill anybody anymore and then then puts an arrow in the guy and shoots him out like 40 floors. Um, and then they decide to basically resurrect the character into like Count Vertigo with with uh, Peter Stomar. Yeah, can we just talk about like the level of violence and how it changes? Oh, yeah. Like, okay, season one, Oliver kills anyone who looks at him funny. Yeah. Season two... You fell the city, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy's dead, and apparently he needs to be better than killing, so he doesn't want to kill anybody. Season three, with his kind of death with from Ra's Raish's hand, he has to make that impossible choice of, do I kill again? And he's decided, yes, I do, at least for this one guy. So I just, not that I condone killing at all, but it just made more sense, like in the, in the show. I don't know, like unless you want to come. I, I, sorry, That's, go on. I don't. I don't really know why I want to defend it. I guess it's fine. I guess, but I don't know why they had to do. It. You know, I. It's it's that whole philosophy of like, what would happen if Batman killed the Joker? Why didn't he kill that guy? Why does he allow? He him, should have. Why does many he, times? Right, why does he allow him to escape from Arkham, go on a mass killing spree? And then put him back in Arkham. Do you know why Batman does this? Because Batman is insane. I love Batman, but he's a little bit crazy. He created a supervillain, and then in order to fight his own personal demons, lets him get away as far as to give him an excuse not to face the demons. That's why he does it. I think they even sum that up in Death of a Family. They're like, this is why he does this shit. Because of you. And you drove us all away. I, I, I always believed that it was because that he just didn't want, he just didn't condone murder. His parents were killed, blah, blah, blah. He just, he thought that the insanity could be treated. That was another perspective of Batman. But mm-hmm. this, let's, let's, all right, let's keep Batman it. Batman has a different conversation. Arrow would put <laughs> arrows into people and just take them out. And now, I can see how he's growing into a superhero, and that's kind of the road to where he wants to be at the end when he's Green Arrow. I guess I'm being a, a bit of a devil's advocate. I get it. He yeah, has yeah. to rise above the violence in order for people to look at him right. as, as being the hero. And, and coming back in that episode where he, where he comes back and he's on top of the bus and he's talking to the city, you can tell that 
they respect him. They listen to him. He's not so much like this vigilante as he's a symbol for Starling City as peace and, and you know, better than the authorities. You know what I mean? So, um, and more. I get it. So I'm, I'm, I really do understand why he's not killing no, I, people. I, I, but they did make a very active decision. And I, I guess it's just a, you know, people can argue about Henry uh, Cavill killing Zod in... Um, Man of Steel, you know, and maybe like that was it. So he does it. And then later on, he develops what Superman does, which is, you know, I made some mistakes. I, I would never kill. I, I uphold truth and justice in the, I think, was it American way back in those times? They probably right. did say that. But now he's he's the world superhero. Right, right. right. He can't just be America's superhero. Right. So, I mean, it's it's the road to becoming a hero and not just a vigilante. And like... That's the respect that the city has for him now. It's like, yes, he's considered a vigilante, but he's becoming the hero of Starling Star City. You right. Know, it's it's it. It's it's very black and white in that kind of world. Um, you can't be a hero if you're killing people. Right. Okay. You're right. So, yeah, those are. I mean, like, so then Merlin. Oh, yes, a we, a villain. Uh, uh, Merlin is another is another Green Arrow villain. Right, um, he's League of Assassins. He's League of Assassins from the comics, so that's very accurate. Um, played by wonderful, the, the wonderful actor, the hysterical. Oh, <laughs> I love John Barlman. Man, we saw him at Comic Con um, two uh, two years, two years ago. ago. He's hysterical. He is. I mean, from. I, when I watched him on, um, Torchwood, Torchwood, yep, he and was Doctor Who, and Doctor Who, um, and then he decided to take this role, um, he just carries that role and just brightens up that show so much. <laughs> he not, brightens not, up not, that not show by killing everybody. Yes. I'm sorry, he <laughs> elevates that show. Elevates is fine. Sorry, yes. not brightens. That show is not bright. No, that show, <laughs> like, Oliver barely cracks a smile <laughs> before cracking a rib. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I think the thing about Merlin and John Berriman, you know, especially is, well, John Berriman relishes in, in playing a character Jack Hartness is like a, a cocky, know-it-all asshole. He can't die. You know what I mean? Like, awesome. Great. Merlin, on the other hand, you know, not cocky or anything like that, but just, you know, he knows who he is. He's a vendetta. He, he Yeah, he knows what he needs to do and does not care about doing what he has to do. And it's, I like the fact that they humanized him more with Thea. Like, I know he did it for his wife. He, he wanted to kill those people in the glades and, um, you know, for his son, but not so much. But with Thea, it's like, okay, I, you're psycho, but I get why you're psycho. Right. I mean, and then the responsibility that he feels for killing his own son has yeah. really affected that character as well and, and yeah. really kind of rounded him out to be a more dynamic character in the show instead yes. of just a villain. Yes. And I know that, you know, Team Arrow has a big problem with teaming up with him. But, you know, in the end, Ollie's right. I mean, how how are you going to battle, like, this ancient order of assassins without help of one who understands the, the, intri- the intricacies and the training and all that stuff that the League of Assassins goes through to... <laughs> produce the uh, badasses they do. Right. And, um, yeah, I agree. One, I mean, besides what, that 
weird DJ guy. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, <laughs> amongst all this, we you know, another huge villain that runs the League of Assassins oh. is Raish. Uh, Raz. Raz. <laughs> they call him two different things on the show. Which, which is, is which is really cool because, yeah. like, there's always been this, like, argument of how to pronounce his name. Right. They do it differently all the time. Cartoons or movies or anything like that. Um, so, Matt Nabel, who was on uh, Riddick, he played John. Yeah, he was annoying. Yeah. Um, I mean, not as an actor, just that character. I didn't like him. Which one, John's? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, we should do a Riddick podcast at some point. Yeah, guys, um, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, please. Um, so, Matt Nabel was cast as Raza Ghul, and a lot of people were kind of against that. Uh, me included. Mm-hmm. Not uh, that, it, like I said, not that I have anything against him, but he's just not... Like, I expect Raz to look old, but ripped. And this dude just looks like middle-aged, and I mean, yeah, I guess he's kind of like in shape. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just... He's completely not what I saw in my head. He didn't really sell a character to me either. No, and he still hasn't sold the character. I don't even know. Like, he uses, like, a slight accent, but it's like, it doesn't really impress me, this this guy. I don't believe that he's the calculating uh, master of the League of Assassins. You know what I mean? Like, when you think about Raza Ghul, he does shit like the Tower of Babel. You know what I mean? Like, he does stuff like even Liam Neeson in, like, The Dark Knight, uh, or uh, Batman Begins. Yes. Where he knows, like, he's going to calculate ways to kill a lot of people, but for the greater good. In his, you know, mind. Megalomaniac mind. Right. And, in, in, like, <laughs> I don't see that coming from this guy. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't carry that. I can see Merlin doing more than the, this guy. Which he did. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, you know, and and the Liam Neeson Razagul was one of the major major highlights of those movies for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was funny when they were saying that Liam Neeson was interested in playing the role on this show, um, which would never happen. But no. um, you know, I I don't know how they're going to play it out by the end of the season because that's what they're really building towards now with training with Merlin. And right. They have to. You know, Thea's on board for this, and like Roz and the. The League of Assassins is going to come after all of them now. Yeah. So, you know, we're working towards a major showdown by the end of the season. I I have a feeling. And, and so maybe maybe Matt Nabel will do a good job. But, you know, like we've always said, um, the sh- this show always goes out with a bang. Um, I wasn't too impressed with the beginning of the season. Um, it was slower. Um, it was kind of the whole Laurel Lance thing blew me kind of out of the, like, off the left field, and I was just like, eh. But Casey reminded me how the other seasons kind of started too slow, and you kind of forget about that after the action gets going in the uh, later episodes. It doesn't happen, so we're getting ready to go into, I think, episode 14, possibly. It's right around that, yeah. And that's when shit wrapped up last season, because there's another 10 episodes. So, like, you don't remember it at the time but the the beginning of the seasons always start off kind of slow and then it just gets to a certain point where at 14 it starts ramping up at 18 it doesn't stop i remember at 18 last year was like one of the ones with deathstroke and i was just like what is going on in the show so like it's it's like a destruction derby um (laughs) but 
one thing that we we both were questioning about what's going to happen at the end of the show is that uh, with Oliver getting stabbed through, and he got saved, um, you know, by Devin Aoki uh, from uh, the Wolverine movie, which no, no, no. did a fantastic job. Devin Aoki was the one from Sin City who was originally cast at the role. It's uh, Rila Fuk- Fukushima. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay, so she, so there yeah. was these two big actresses, these two awesome Japanese actresses who. We're sp- like the first um, Devon was supposed to take the role, and then it was given to Rila, um, who I love in this role of Tatsu, who um, who eventually becomes Katana, who is part of the Outsiders with Batman. Um, so she's a big character in DC. Her and her husband um, Maseo, who is played by Carl Yoon, um, they um, they're going to be a big big part of this ending, I think, because. Um, you already see uh, Maceo, he's going against the league to right. save Oliver because, uh, you know, in the flashbacks, Oliver helps his family and, you know, and they have a great relationship. So um, moving forward, I don't know what's going to happen with, like, are they going to have another big, like, team up with all these characters and go after the league? Well, I think that I think that's what's going to happen. But my bigger question is, because that Raj is most likely going to die, and because we know that he uses the Lazarus Pit to resurrect himself, and that's an extremely comic book type of thing, will we see him... (laughs) Yeah, right. Will we see him rise later on? Because we thought it was going to happen with Ali, and they didn't do it. Um, Can I say something? Like, like they said he didn't die. He was near death. And she... and, And... um, Tatsu brought him back. Yeah. How do you get stabbed like that and fall hundreds of feet onto... Because they're watching rock. a comic book television I know, show. But in all seriousness... Well, I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, like that's why I don't know why they won't show the Lazarus Pit. Because that, at least, like, for us as fans, and I don't know if, like, at this point... Um, the casual viewer who who doesn't know anything about the would comic understand it. would understand it, you know, or, but at this, but would they accept it? Because it's like, we know it's a comic book show, whether it, it's, it's a we realistic it. one. <laughs> yeah. We would like it personally. But, um, I think the fans that, that don't read the comics would relate to it. And I think that they would let it go. I, I think, think they, they would, would go, go and say, Hey, let me look this up. Right. And I think they would just go, all right, you know, this is this weird mystical thing. I, whatever. Let's do it. Let's just go. <laughs> what's What's funny is that I I need to go back and check this, but I, I really thought that when they first showed Matt Nabel's uh, Ra's al Ghul, that they said something about resurrection in, in Lazarus or something like that. But that's something that, you know, you tell like to go check out or I'm going to have to go do this a little bit more research on. But just send us, a, send us a tweet at... D F A T owl, D F A T owl. It's hard to pronounce it, but phonetically, but it, it reads right. You can link off it on our website. Yeah, or, or go to the Facebook and like us and, and, and comment to us. Um, and if you know what it is, send it. Send us the soundbite. But uh, yeah, you know, why is this not happening? Why isn't that? Happening? <laughs> um, All I want to see is if they kill Razagul at the end of the season, and then like the final scene is his hand 
like his followers putting him into the pit and then his hand coming up out of it and that's it. Right. They don't even have to bring Raza Gould back in any other seasons. Just do it. Right. He admits defeat. He was defeated by them. He probably won't go after them again. Right. Well he probably whatever. So kinda closing up things yeah, uh, about Arrow. Um <laughs> And thank you guys for for going through this journey with us. And we're sorry that we we skipped out on the Flash conversations, but we will be back with with other episodes. We'll talk about it. I really think that we could, we're going to geek out over the Flash for an hour or two. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. But um, any any closing statements, Chris? Um, you know, with Arrow, uh, we we were just at Toy Fair today, uh, the DC Collectibles booth. They are yeah. They've been releasing. Um, Arrow Collectibles, uh, these new action figure line. Uh, they originally came out with the first um, when he was the Hood and the original Deathstroke that was not uh, Manu Bennett. Uh, they did a two-pack of that originally. That did well enough to initiate a new line. And now we're seeing various action figures. And the newest ones announced at Toy Fair this year was a uh, Diggle action figure. Uh, Arsenal and Felicity, which is very interesting, and we'll really see how those do. I know that, like my personally, I've I've already ordered the 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 arrow with the mask on. Oh and, yeah, and the Deathstroke, which is amazing looking. Um, so I'll I'll get those guys in they their got costumes the and down. stuff. Yeah, they did yeah. a good job. So um, so it's cool that uh, the the demand is out there for these kind of collectibles because the show is so popular. Um, so you know if you know if you haven't watched it yet, Arrow is on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, first and second seasons, you won't regret it. <laughs> if you haven't watched Arrow, I hope you didn't sit through an hour of this podcast <laughs> because <laughs> That's you have no point. idea what's going That's on right point. now. Um, all right, so like I said, Towelite Talk. Uh, this is our first episode. It's part of the 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 whole Towelite Talk. Podcast Network, uh, Gourmet Scum Radio, uh, those geeks you know, uh, Chris and I's pod or <laughs> podcasting, um, toy hunting, uh, the pursuit of plastic. Uh, so check out any of those other shows there and follow us on the Facebook page. Uh, we we have Facebook pages for for all the podcasts as well. Um, if you just want to you know like your individual facebook pages but you know stop by the website we have tons of news reviews um it's coverage the, it's the easiest way to link to everything um, yeah so just go to don't forget towel.com and at the bottom in the footer you'll find a podcast link and you'll find our whole network there yeah so this is uh casey saying um you have failed the city <laughs> and this is chris 